0: If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Hello, and welcome to episode 53 of the Maker Mom Podcast. This week's guest is Tammy with Wood and Cotton Creations on Instagram. Um, Tammy really is kind of a Jane of all trades. She does quilting and she's done sewing and she's made furniture pieces and she's carved spoons and carved small hearts. So she's kind of done it all, really. Um, So it was really fun to chat with her and I think you guys will enjoy this episode as well and I just want to say truly a heartfelt thank you so much for following along um, with the podcast and with all of these other wonderful maker moms and their stories Um, thanks so much for allowing me the opportunity to be able to share these stories with you every week all right with no further ado here is Tammy with wood and cotton creations Awesome. All right, well, to start off, uh, do you mind giving you a brief introduction about yourself and your family, you know, who you are, what you do, a little bit about your kids?
1: Okay, I, um, gosh, I, I'm i a stay-at-home mom. I've got two boys that um, I guess are in middle school and high school. I've been a maker for, I don't know. Probably forever. (laughs) I mean, it just, I don't know that I would have ever um, defined myself that way. But I started doing handwork and embroidery when I was probably eight, nine years old. And it wasn't something I did consistently, but it was, you know, if there was a project or something around, or if my grandmother actually was working on a quilt and needed help, Uh, She would pass some of the pieces off and between schoolwork and playing and whatever, I I would just do it. And then it really kind of became more of a thing for me. I do not consider myself crafty. My grandmother was crafty. She always had something going. She could take a popsicle stick and do whatever. And I'd be like, I see a popsicle stick. but. I guess after my first son was born and I became a stay-at-home mom, I still was doing the handwork and the embroidery as a way of um, passing some quiet time when there was some and um, which led to quilting because I had all this stuff that needed something. So I took up quilting and just kind of went from there it I did quilting for a while I still do some um but then I kind of I made a quilt ladder several years ago with my husband for my mom for Christmas and that kind of was the beginning of hey I think this might be kind of fun and I don't know that I've ever really I haven't found like my woodworking niche I'm not really a sign maker but I can make signs I'm not really a builder, but I can build a table or a desk. Um, I've done a little bit of hand carving. I'm so, just kind of like finding my way through like where I am meant to be. I, I enjoy it all kind of, if
0: you will. A little bit eclectic. Right. Okay. So with the the quilting and stuff, is that the uh, cotton part of your... Wood and Cotton Creations name? Yes. Okay. Um, and, and so let's go back a little ways. What was your uh, childhood like? Where'd you grow up? Um, what kind of things were you really interested in?
1: Uh, well, I grew up in Houston, actually. And I grew up on a golf course. So I, I played golf. It was one of the few things I never got grounded from. <laughs> so if I did something I shouldn't have or if I got grounded for grades or whatever, um, I knew I always had golf. You know, So I, I spent most of my time as a kid on the golf course. My mom would wake me up in the morning. If it wasn't, if it was summertime and not a school year, my mom, if I wasn't up by eight 30, my mom had me up.
0: I ate breakfast and out the door you went. Is that like a, I mean, are you both your parents like into golf a lot? I mean, what, I guess, why golf? Uh,
1: well, my dad was, both of my parents were, When I was younger and and again, I think it was uh, my dad enjoyed the game, but we lived on a golf course. It was something easy um, to do. It was an easy way of spending time together as a family. We would play golf on the weekends when my dad would get home from work. Before dinner, we would go play you know a few holes or after dinner a few holes it was just a way of spending time together uh easy entertainment that was there you know we didn't drive anywhere i mean literally we went out our back door okay and so it i think it was just
0: a convenience thing but do uh do you have any siblings i have a sister okay uh and she's she- uh six years older than five years older than me so all right so was she also part of the the family golf outings
1: she was initially and then um her real passion became tennis which was also linked to the country club so she she did more tennis she did both for a while the tennis and the golf and I think that really messed with her physically, her elbows and stuff. And so she became, she, you know, she chose, uh, tennis over golf. And so that kind of became a split in the family weekend too, is golf in the morning, tennis in the afternoon or vice versa. Okay. I never took up
0: tennis though. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what about, um, like post high school what did you do after high school I took some time off
1: of school I, I was not a student I did not like school I enjoyed the social aspect of school as a kid but then uh, after high school I I took a little bit of time off it took about a year year and a half off and then Um, decided to get serious about school. I went, I ended up going to college and um, got my undergraduate degree, got a master's, got a job. Um, You know, I got an undergraduate degree in psychology. And then I got a master's in international business. Uh, Worked for a company I worked for enterprise for gosh, I think 15 years right out of college. I got a job right after my bachelor's in psychology. I got a job at enterprise while there. Got my master's worked in St.
0: Louis transferred to Dallas. That seems like an interesting combination of degrees Right. <laughs>
1: um, I I really was interested in the psychology and I, I still am really fascinated by the human mind. And um, but when I was at Enterprise, I worked for one of the uh, vice presidents who was in charge of the international operations. So part of my function was to get um, international visas you know, help um, expats get into the U.S. for training, help U.S. citizens go to their countries to work, whether, you know, I was getting visas for uh, Canadian to go into Canada, uh, Germany, the U.K., Ireland. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of sparked the international business aspect of the
0: degree. Okay, but um, do you ever see taking the psychology any further? I actually have started thinking about that,
1: especially with uh, two boys. Um, you look at my youngest, I would say has some anxieties. I think they probably both my boys do, but they manifest differently, and I don't know. It, to me, some of that is a fascination, so I could see taking it up. There's some local groups here uh, as well that um, I've just kind of been keeping my eye on from an intrigue perspective that uh, requires some knowledge of psychology and okay. counseling.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So Okay, And I'm kind of in that point of, okay, I've got a high schooler and a middle schooler. And so do I want to go back to work? Or I I think my husband would like to see me do, you know, woodworking full time and try and sell it. But that's really not, I try and keep my hobbies, my hobbies, (laughs) if Mm -hmm. that makes
0: sense. Yeah, it makes all sense. Um,
1: to, just to more maintain the passion. It's I got to a point where I was getting commissioned to do uh, a couple of quilts and found that I really didn't enjoy that. It took kind of the fun out of it for me as a creative outlet and uh, became more of a let's get it done
0: mm-hmm. type project. So what if with it woodworking, was... I didn't want to do that. Right. Totally get that. What if it was more because I totally understand that with commission projects, like somebody's reached out, they ask for something specific. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't always have total creative freedom in those situations either. Um, Mm, Correct. And like you said, you're working on a deadline, but if you do it where it's not commission based, you're making what you want to make uh, when you want to make it and then you sell it, uh, you know, just as somebody's interested in that thing you've already created. Do you think that would make a difference? Yes,
1: I I think so. Right now, most of my, um, I'm not opposed to selling, Mm -hmm. but I guess where I have been both with, the quilts, I, I can't tell you how many quilts I've made, but I only own one. <laughs> <Right>. And so <laughs> they, they've all been donated to um, either friends who have had babies or I've had a handful of people get sick. And so I've made quilts for them during their recovery. Mm -hmm. as they're going through their treatments and recovery. And then that's kind of been the woodworking too. It, um, I find it as a creative outlet, but then some of the stuff outside of building, I, you know, I enjoyed, we made a kitchen table and I enjoyed that. I made a chest or a trunk for my son with my son this summer for his Legos. And I enjoy the bigger projects like that, but the smaller, like the carvings, the hand stuff I do,
0: Mm -hmm. all of that
1: has, has been donated or handed out to somebody that just seems like they could use a pick me up. Mm -hmm. And so I, I haven't really thought beyond um, any of that from like a business perspective. This is just kind of like me, winging a prayer, flying by the seat of my pants kind of thing. Oh, I think I'll make this today. Oh, I wonder what I'll do with that.
0: This person looks like they need this kind of thing, if
1: that makes sense.
0: No, it makes total sense. Um, and I think there's definitely something to be said for that. Um, there's another maker mom that, um, I've had, I've had on the uh, podcast and that's, um, tiffany with staying inside the gray and that's kind of what she does like she doesn't really sell anything but if she you know sees somebody that needs some kind of pick me up or something um, she'll make something special just for them Mm -hmm. Um, or you know maybe it's she wants to experiment with a new technique and she'll do that and but then she's always she's giving it to somebody else Um, right and so I think that's definitely something to be said in that as well, um, because it's not just feeding your own soul. It's feeding somebody else's as right. well. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, so you said the, the quilt ladder was the first project you did for woodworking. Yes. Okay. um, Uh, you said, so you made that with your husband? I did. Does he have, like, a a woodworking background at all, or were you both kind of uh, learning together on that project?
1: I wouldn't say he's got a woodworking background, but when he was in high school, he took a woodworking class, so he knows a lot of the basics and the safety stuff with, you know, the saws and stuff we had some basic saws um we had a a a real inexpensive table saw and a miter saw so it kind of got us what we needed as far as you know the the quilt ladder
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and the basics and it was kind of one of those that you know I just helped him and it's really not hard as far as a quilt ladder goes. It's, you know, taking a matter, uh, a couple of um, two by fours and right. cutting them to size, uh, gluing them uh, or nailing them together, however you decide. And my main function was kind of watching him and then he is not a finish out guy at all. So <laughs> I got the job of staining and sealing.
0: <laughs> And yet you went back to it. I would say most most people would say that that's their least favorite part of the job. Right. (laughs) Um, Okay. So that obviously it must have sparked your interest a bit with that project. It did. It
1: did. It was, um, I guess we did that project and then I kind of... I guess at that point I started following a handful of woodworkers on Instagram through my private account. Mm -hmm. And I probably watched that for close to a year, some of those folks and um, just decided, Hey, I think I could do this. And then it was a matter of the tools we have. Can, can I use them? And, and gaining that appreciation for table saws (laughs) yes
0: yes And, and whatnot so what do you think it was you know specifically about whether it was you know the the quilt ladder itself or just what was it about like doing something with wood that sparked your interest well i
1: think it was for me it it was uh another creative outlet um it, and a challenge as far as it kind of kind of like a puzzle if you will it, you know to me it was more of the challenge of can i do this and i think i can so let's try so i i think that's that's usually what sparks my interest is um, putting the challenge out there and then trying to, to accomplish it.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So like you said, kind of in your intro, I mean, you've done a varied, I guess, amount as far as like scope and size of project you've Mm -hmm. made. What Mm -hmm. would you say, I mean, you know going from the smaller hand carved like i've seen some of your hand carved like hearts and uh spoons and stuff to like the chest and stuff what would you say like what do you prefer or what's the benefits to you for each type of project i think um
1: the carving is There's more of a creative outlet there and, um, quiet time. You know, it's, it's just, I guess, a, a place of, you know, even if I've got the radio on or the neighbors are out, um, there is a certain sense of community if, you know, neighbors walk by and I'm carving, they'll talk. Whereas if the saws are gone, they won't because they're afraid that uh, they'll startle me or whatever. So I think with the the hand carving, uh, there's a little bit more sense of community. There's a little bit more uh, just being outside. Uh, It's almost meditative for me. And then with the builds, I, I enjoy the builds because they're more of a mental challenge and, um, and, and and physical challenge too. I mean, they're bigger Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and have to be moved and, but you know, it's also that mental challenge. I don't do well with plans. (laughs) I don't follow directions real well. (laughs) And so some of it's trial and error and, you know, is it going to come out the way I envisioned envisioned it in my head? And if it doesn't, is, is that okay? Like, does it look as good as I thought it might or better than intended? So the bigger pieces are more the challenge.
0: Okay. You know, as you were talking about um, the... Hand carving and it kind of being more of a community uh, interaction and meditative. I just kept thinking. I mean, the way you talked about it was almost to me how I envision, um, like an an old school quilting guild. You know, right. <laughs> with uh, yeah everybody <laughs> sitting around and 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 talking and working. um so I I wonder if there's you know uh, some I guess hangover from your from your quilting work that's kind of trickling into that same uh, could be
1: wow. could be it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <that's>, um, <laughs> yeah I mean like people will come up hey what you doing mm-hmm. oh that's cool whereas if I decide to build something. I have people coming up if, if they see me in the driveway and it's a safe time or the stalls aren't going or whatever. I, it's amazing how many times I've gotten that. Now what would make you do that? Why <laughs> wouldn't you just go buy that? Well, <laughs> uh. so it's yeah. all good.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So since you do such an array of, of making really um what let's start with the uh, big tools what kind of big tools are you working with when you're doing your build?
1: well um uh, table saws miter saw bandsaw those are probably the ones i'm most comfortable with it, you know i was for if i'm cutting down sheet goods. It's, um, a circular saw, but I would say some of those, like the circular saw I have and the jigsaw I have, which is what I started with originally around the time of the quilt ladder, those are older, not really that great of tools. So, uh, I never know, like, even though the blade starts level, you just don't know what's going to happen that those are probably tools that I'm least comfortable with now because that the quality of Mm -hmm. the tool and therefore the cut is just more of a struggle.
0: Gotcha. Okay. Um, well, okay. Now let's work down to the small, the carving. What are you using to carve with? Well, de- depending on the
1: smaller pieces, I will like the little hearts and leaves and stuff that I've been doing. Um, I'll usually do it, depending, I will do my scroll. saw. um, okay. if I've got a thicker block for some of the woods, the blanks and stuff I've had were thicker. So I I would use um, a bandsaw to take some of the weight off.
0: Mm-hmm. Hello, friends. Today's podcast is sponsored by Carolina Shoe. Now, I have been wearing my steel-toed Carolina Shoe safety shoes, safety boots, really, for quite some time now, and I'm going to tell you I love them. And I wear them every single time that I go To the shop. Um, They keep my feet safe. Uh, With the steel toe tip, they keep my feet safe from falling objects. Uh, But there's many different types of safety toe options, not just steel toe. Also, they're oil and slip resistant and waterproof. Uh, So whenever I get some water in the shop, They keep my feet nice and dry, and they're super comfortable. I wasn't expecting that, but they really are. So take it from me, who does wear these shoes every time I'm in the shop, that they're really awesome. And if you want to go check it out and get your very own pair, you can get a special 10% off using the coupon code MAKERMOM10 at checkout. So thank you, Carolina Shoe, and go get yourself a pair of these awesome boots and thank me later. But I got to admit, I've seen some of
1: these um, after starting carving and starting following some more carvers. I was actually like starting with a rectangular block and cutting out the handle, and I'm like, wait a minute, you can cut, you can cut that handle with a scroll saw <laughs> or a bandsaw? Why have I been carving? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I've done a little bit of both. Some I've I've carved from a little rectangle or square block of wood and shaped it and other pieces I've, uh, depending on the intricacy of it, um, like I did an eagle wing for someone. And when I did that, I ended up using part of my scroll saw for some of the detail to get some of the detail in there. So it wasn't lost with the carving because sometimes if you hit the grain just right you you lose a detail or you lose an edge so it you know i use a or just the flex cut i use the flex cut tools to carve Mm -hmm. with
0: so um what kind of what kind of knives are you using the flex cut knives which ones are you using
1: Honestly, I, I don't know any other names. Okay. Um, I just, I, I do have some, I was giving, given a couple of years ago, a s- rudimentary spoon carving kit mm-hmm. that had a version of a hook knife. And that's the only one I know. Cause I was like, how do I sharpen that guy? <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, and some just regular, I I don't know what they're even called, but they look like knives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And I started with those. And then I went, when I started the heart, the little hearts, Mm -hmm. the little stones or whatever, um, and bought just a flex cut kit. And it had some that were like little V grooves uh, some of them were different um, widths, shapes, uh, mm-hmm. almost like a gouge, yeah. but not quite. So, and that—that's basically what I've been using. Is uh, some of those they look more like a gouge type cut to hollow okay. things out.
0: Okay, I guess yeah, that's where I was uh, going with it, and and this is totally for my own uh, personal. Knowledge gain because um, I've been kind of just getting into um, wanting to get into hand carving spoons, mm-hmm. and um, I had a I had a trip to the to the woods um, a couple weekends ago, and so I actually started with a hatchet breaking right. down breaking down green lumber. You know, I cut it down and started with a hatchet, and unfortunately, my right arm has some serious tendonitis going on. So I'm like, okay, I can't, I'll probably have to break it down further with the bandsaw just because I can't <clears throat> keep going with the hatchet. But right. when it comes to, you know, the refined carving, I totally want to use hand tools. And I've seen some people use the hook knife, which is where I'm kind of leaning, but then others use more of the, the gouges with a mallet. Hmm. Um. So do you have... I mean, it sounds like you're leaning towards the gouges maybe more or. Right. And
1: I don't know that they're technically called gouges, but they've just got that rounded half moon shape, kind of like a gouge.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I totally see what you're uh, talking
1: about, but I don't, I don't know what they're called either. (laughs) Right. Um, (laughs) And, um, I don't have a mallet. I just, it's all done by hand but I also have issues. Like, you know, I, I was starting with little square rectangular pieces and and literally carving it all down. Um, but I have a, um, torn TFCC in my wrist and found I could only do so many of those before it really kind of shut me down. Uh, not only from woodworking, but anything else. So it's kind of like a really bad carpal tunnel or, if you've ever heard it, it's more like a, a torn meniscus in your knee, but it's in your wrist.
0: That does not so, sound pleasant at all. Nope.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> so and, and as long as I don't aggravate it, I don't have any issues. Mm-hmm. But um, that much hand carving took its toll. And I actually was starting to think maybe I'll get into power carving mm-hmm. because I enjoy the look and again the process and and that kind Mm -hmm. of thing but I think with adding the scroll saw in to take uh some of that waste off Mm -hmm. really kind of allowed me to continue with the hand tools and not uh distort my wrist
0: yeah I mean I do I do the power carving and um I mean, I'm just now looking at the hand carving. So to let you know, the power carving doesn't really help with that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, I mean, that's really, to be honest, that's what created my tendonitis issue. Um, Mm. uh, Partially because they don't, the tool companies haven't done the best of job, in my opinion, on creating the most ergonomic power tools um for people with smaller hands and okay you know so you're using you're overusing a grip because you're con- you're having to hold something that's larger than what you should and right. um and for prolonged periods of time plus the vibration um mm-hmm. so yeah it's been that's what i've been struggling with is trying to find smaller and smaller tools that i can use Um, and really just staying vigilant at like, okay, I've been carving for, you know, 45 minutes or whatever. I'm starting to feel some fatigue. I need to put this down and I need to move on to doing something else. Um, you know, kind of like job rotation, just so I don't over Uh, do it because otherwise I spend my weekends with ice packs on top of my arms and I can't do anything else Um, (laughs) yeah I I can't do things with the kids I go to pick my three and a half uh, year old up and I'm just like oh my god like I just yeah it you know incredibly painful and I don't want to stop from being doing things I want to do as a mom just because of what I enjoy doing Uh, as a hobby or work, so. Right, I completely agree. Um, So anyways, that's why I've been interested in the hand stuff, um, just because I feel like maybe I'll be putting a little less strain uh, on those muscles or using them in a different way that hopefully uh, I can still do some of that stuff. Right. Um, Yeah, I
1: think it would be helpful you know, I I noticed some of the fatigue in my one wrist. It's my left wrist, and it's the one I hold the wood with. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually using my right to carve. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be helpful. I don't have a vise, so I'm literally holding those pieces in my hand. And you do get that same grip yeah. action where you don't want to let go or loosen the grip because those suckers are sharp. If they yep. slip, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and so it. Um, that would be one thing. It's like it, I need I I don't have a workbench, mm-hmm. and I think it would be helpful to have at least something where I could put a vise on, so I could hold some of those smaller pieces at
0: times. But I, yeah, I totally agree. Like, um, there's and I'm I'm blanking on the the tool brand, um, but there's these sawhorse type contraptions with like a vise on them. Oh, okay. Um, that I really want to get because what I carve tends to be a little bit larger. Um, but what I struggle with is I end up chasing the piece around the workbench because it's moving right. as I'm power carving it, right. um, which also doesn't help. You know, it's like if no. I could get it in the right position and clamp it down, um, that would probably also help so that I could work in more ergonomic ways, like keeping things closer to my body and stuff and using. The momentum of larger muscle groups versus you know overextending reach and having a power tool on the end of that overextended reach never does anybody much good. So, right, all I guess a a learning curve once you start getting into some of these tools.
1: It is for (laughs) sure.
0: Um, Okay, so then you know I'm I'm not gonna lie I know absolutely nothing about quilting. But I do want to ask, what are the tools that you use for quilting? Are you, uh, is it all sewing machine or, uh, you know, quilting machines or are you doing a lot of hand stitching? Well, it, um, basically it's a sewing machine.
1: Um, They have their own tools just like woodworking or any other craft. Um, I typically use just a, like a mat, like an Ulfa cutting mat and rotary cutters uh, to cut the fabric and then basically a sewing machine. I try outside of doing um, handwork like embroidery, most everything I do is with a machine. Um, I don't enjoy hand quilting Um, because I think it's, I'm probably too much of a perfectionist to, uh, get some of that done.
0: Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, like I said, I mean, I know really nothing about it. The only, uh, kind of foray I've had into it was recently I took a class solely just for fun and Mm -hmm. made a, uh, a leather bag and, um, The class we hand stitched it all, and so we learned the the double saddle stitch. I think is what it's called. Um, Okay. But that's all hand stitching, and even that, I mean, after a while, takes its toll. Um, Right. (laughs) But it was super fun, and it's gotten me thinking. You know, how do I maybe incorporate some leather into my woodwork? So Mm -hmm. I think it could be fun if you could ever incorporate quilting with wood. Right, because there's definitely, I think, uh, an overlap or a shared skill set between working with any kind of fabric or um, material like that and wood. Right. Yeah, there's there's
1: a lot more um, flexibility with fabric as far as there's different tricks and stuff you can do as, as far as if you've got multiple seams that you're trying to line up that you can work through the machine. So there's a little bit more give, there's a little bit more flexibility to get a product that looks um, good and lined up and square and whatnot. Whereas with wood, it is what it is. You either get the cut right or you don't. Um, right. And it, and um, I, I guess you've, you've got the natural movement of the wood that could impact things as well. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I, I agree. There's definitely a natural connection between the two skill sets, mm-hmm. but um, it's interesting.
0: So currently, cause I know every, you know, Maker or creative person has one of these. What's at the top of your like next tool I'm gonna buy list? Gosh,
1: I think um, I really don't have any place for a new tool. But if if I did, my next want would be um, probably a jointer.
0: Yeah, those help you get quite a bit done as far as breaking right. down materials. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, so that that would probably be it as a jointer. Okay, all right. Um, was there any hesitancy when you started using the powered woodworking tools? Like, did you have any hesitancy when you started? Fortunately, no.
1: Um, I gained hesitancy when um, I had some kickback from the table saw. The table saw we had when we did the quilt ladder was an old, super old contractor Ryobi when Ryobi used to be blue.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And uh, I don't, I don't want to say it wasn't good quality, but it was one of those that the riving knife never lined up exactly with the blade. And so some of the security measures, my husband had taken off Mm -hmm. because they were making things more dangerous
0: than safe. Right.
1: At that point, I didn't know those were safety measures. I didn't, um, I really knew no basics. I, got really lucky i think and that um i'm i didn't lose any fingers or anything but it was it was one of those things that i was making a project it was a christmas present for some friends and it was running through the table saw and the piece that i thought would kick back i went to reach for was on the outside Mm -hmm. And as I did that, the piece between the fence and the blade did kick back. And because I was standing behind the blade, it hit me, nailed the car. And fortunately, my husband was standing right there when it happened and and flipped the, the switch off. Uh, he had come out to tell me something totally unrelated to yeah. <laughs> and he was like, what did you do? And I'm like, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and I gained an appreciation and de- definitely a hesitation, um, of power tools at that point that I did not have when I started, okay. I think had that been my first experience, I don't know that I would have ever continued, mm-hmm. um, fortunately i had done enough projects at the time that by the time that happened i already had enough passion and drive to keep going so it's like i just upgraded the tools and moved on mhm mm-hmm. but it did slow me down for sure
0: yeah um i'm sure it did i mean i'm i didn't i haven't had a table saw kick back on me and I should probably knock on wood or something. Yes. Um but um I've had it where I was carving and the disc that I was using was a pretty aggressive disc and wow. it just grabbed um it you know got it grabbed a piece of grain that I wasn't expecting and it basically flung the log like right into my stomach and it was one oh, of those wow. like okay You know, I turned turned the angle grinder off and walked away for the rest of the day because I was like, (laughs) "All right, um, that scared the bejesus out of me." You know, and absolutely, (laughs) definitely gives me an appreciation to even though you know I don't have the the sawhorse jaw clamp thing, that would be awesome. Um, I do when I'm approaching a project, think about that. Like, how can I prevent this from, you know. Going disastrously wrong. I'm not going to say that I'm always the safest, but
1: it is right. something
0: that now is like a, every single project I approach. I think about that because it's, you could get really hurt. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, okay, so what would you say is your favorite part about being, you know, a maker or a creative person?
1: Well, my favorite thing, I guess just having the ability um, it, for me because it, it's more about giving to others. I, I would say that's, that's it. The flexibility of doing it more so for others. Um, I've never built anything for anyone else. You know, when I, built a desk, when I built a headboard, when I built the table, that was all stuff uh, for my family Mm -hmm. and uh, hopefully making things more efficient for, you know, my house, my, my family inside the house, Mm -hmm. but whether it's quilts um, or the woodworking pieces, it's been more about just kind of giving back.
0: Okay.
1: And uh, that's probably not a good answer.
0: But no, it's all I guess. No. it's a good, it's a good answer. It's a totally good answer. Um what would you say is your favorite part about being a mom? Oh gosh.
1: Well, I you know, selfishly, I guess the the love and the joy that comes from being a mom that you know selfishly the emotions I feel that come from it um but also not so selfishly the and and maybe it's still selfish but um that that whole idea of of being able to love someone else unconditionally and Uh, trying to raise them to be good people, be kind, be, you know, good citizens. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's hard some days.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think you're being kind saying that it's hard some days.
1: Um. (laughs) It definitely is.
0: yeah. I mean, I mean, at least you're, you're, you know, well on, on your way as far as like your kids are older. Right. Um, so you're starting to see, you know, things that I ha- only have to look forward to at this point. Um, right.
1: Uh, well, it and the interesting thing is, is I don't know if I still had toddlers or young, uh, elementary aged kids that I would have, that would have been my answer
0: mm-hmm. because
1: I think there's things that you're doing now that whether your children are acknowledging it or exhibiting it are taking in. Mm-hmm. And one day it will come out. They'll say something, they'll do something and you'll be like, Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you heard that? <laughs> I thought I was talking to myself. And, and so you, you do start to see glimpses as they get older that um they don't necessarily reveal when they're younger, not because they don't want to. I don't think they know how to. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they necessarily understand um the magnitude of paratine when they're that little.
0: Right. They're just
1: doing their thing. Right. And, um, so I, I think it, it, it does start to show as they age and, it, um, I, you know, I've gained a new appreciation. It's, it's one of those that you look back and it's like, gosh, on are three, they're so fun and there's things you can do and you can go to the park and they just, it, it's different. You know, I've now got two teenage boys and so mm-hmm. although I think I'm lucky I haven't, my boys are pretty respectful. I wouldn't have thought that until I've started seeing others around me as teenage <laughs> boys. So I'm like, oh, okay. Um, I think the most I get at times is a good eye roll, but, yep. um, <laughs> which is fine. I'm like, I'll take that. But it, it's it's a new... It, I don't, it's it's so different. I can't explain it. it. It's an appreciation of who they are becoming as people, right. and little humans. And mm-hmm. we still have our fights and you know mm-hmm. struggles with homework and and some of that stuff that we didn't have as an elementary student, but uh, or younger.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it, it's the conversations are different too. Sometimes. Right. Right. I do have teenage boys, so there's still lots of poop talk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. stuff is all still funny. Yeah, so. we. Yeah, my my oldest is um, uh, going on six and a half, and is and he, you know, is a boy. And then my youngest, is, my daughter, is going to be four soon in January, but it's. Between the two of them, we've now gotten to the stage where it's like when we're at a restaurant, we're like, guys, please, no bathroom talk like (laughs) in the restaurant.
1: Other people are
0: trying to eat. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yes. We are in public. Yes. Take that
1: home. (laughs) Yep. Oh yes. Well that that part doesn't change, but yeah. (laughs) My oldest is um my high schooler. We've kind of it's it's new this year, moved into the grunt phase, which is a new challenge. Uh. So how'd your day go? Uh. <laughs> Anything exciting happen today? Mm. It's like, oh, come on. <laughs> Where's I don't know. <laughs> something, something, so.
0: yes.
1: it's, um <laughs> yeah. So that that's different. We haven't really experienced that before this year and yeah. uh,
0: we'll work through it. That's the phase <laughs> of mom, I don't want you to really know what's going on in my life because right. I'm a teenager and too cool for you kind of. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you hope Uh, uh, that your kids have learned from watching you be this, you know, from watching you make all of these different things? Um,
1: I I hope their big takeaway is to not be afraid to see a challenge and step up to it. And uh, that failure is okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. as long as you're learning from it. Um, and and you're trying it's, you know, you have to put yourself out there to succeed it, you know, in in anything in life, whether it's as, you know, if they get that lesson, because I took on woodworking, which is weird to two teenage boys. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, especially, you know, in our house, the roles are, I won't say that they're kind of reversed, but it wouldn't be uncommon on a Sunday afternoon to find my husband baking
0: in right. the
1: kitchen. And I'm in the garage with the saws.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, I mean, there, there's all kinds of lessons there as far as uh, I don't want them to conform for the sake of conforming. Yeah, you know, if you want to bake, bake, mm-hmm. if you want to sew, sew, if you want to woodwork, woodwork, um, Don't not do something that you think will be of interest to you because it's out of a norm. Excuse me. But, uh, I also want them to think, Hey, let's, let's take this challenge on. I have no idea if I can do this, but I'm going to see if I
0: can and whatever happens happens. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, what would be your advice or words of wisdom to, another mom who wanted to start uh, a new skill like making woodworking DIY, but, uh, is hesitant to get started. Uh, I would say
1: do it, find somebody in, if you don't have the tools, but you have an interest or an, an idea that it might be interesting L- reach out locally um i know there's there's different places all across the country dallas has a place called dallas Makerspace space that you can join for a monthly fee and they are makers they are welders they are woodworkers they are sewers they are uh i, I don't even know which you know there's painters there's uh, leather goods, there's whatever. And um, they give you access to all the tools of whatever your craft or interest would be. Um, if you don't have, if if they wouldn't have something like that in their area, um, you know, something like that is great because you can dip your toe in and decide, yes, I think this is something I would be interested in. Or no, that's a passing phase. That's not what I was thinking it was at all. And you don't have a big financial or time commitment in it. But if, if you don't have something like that, there are makers in anyone's area. Reach out through your Facebook platform or your Instagram platform. Find out if there's someone in your area that would be willing to spend a little bit of time with you and, and show you whatever that trade is you're interested in. And um, most makers I have found are interested in sharing what they know. There, there are some that are more proprietary and are afraid you'll take business away. But, you know, I, that's what I would do is I would reach out to someone in my community that is currently doing what I was interested in. Mm-hmm. And seeing
0: if they would show me the ropes. i think I think that's excellent advice, um, and I think it's great, too, to start with focusing on the community aspect of it.
1: Um, well, especially in something it, interestingly enough, both sewing, quilting uh, and working woodworking are um, very isolating it's not that there's not, you know, meetups and it's not that there aren't, you know, quilt guilds or whatever, but really where the bulk of whatever that work is you're doing is done. it is done solo. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I might have my son help me, you know, build something for his room, but I don't have that camaraderie or that community outside of a, one-up type project like that or even quilting um, yes you can get together and, and there are um, quilting retreats and you know several places around here anyway I'm sure it's across the country uh, where you can go to a quilt store on a special day and pay a nominal fee and, and so for a day with whoever's there so again you have a little bit of camaraderie but not a ton of work ne- necessarily gets done at those because it does become social, um, which is great. But both of the main things that I focus on can be isolating. So community is always good to bring into it.
0: I would totally agree with that. Um, I find myself where it's like basic very frequently during the day after the kid after I take the kids to school that from the time I I drop off my youngest to when I pick them up I haven't I've literally not opened my mouth once right <laughs> like, like hmm, like yeah. I haven't talked to anybody or said a single <laughs> solitary word all day
1: right <laughs> Yep, except for talking to myself or yes. singing a yeah.
0: song. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. So, <laughs> um, all right, Tammy. Well, how can uh, people find you on the interwebs to follow along with you? I'm at Wooden Cotton Creations
1: on Instagram, is my public account okay and that's Uh, it okay I don't I've got a private Facebook and a private uh Instagram but Mm -hmm. as far as anything anyone would really be interested in it would be wooden cotton I don't have an Etsy or I've thought about that and I'm not even sure how I would even go
0: about doing that but (laughs) (laughs) um well maybe I'll check back with you in like a couple years and see see where you're at as far as that kind of uh journey is concerned there you go (laughs) there you go um all right well thanks for taking the time to talk with me today oh you're welcome thank you Mm -hmm. all right so again that was tammy with wood and cotton creations and i will include the link on how to follow along with her in this week's show notes And if you don't know how to find those show notes, probably the quickest and easiest way is to follow along with the Maker Mom podcast on Instagram. That's just at Maker Mom podcast. Hit the link in the bio and you'll see right under there that it says show notes and you can hit that and head over and find Tammy and all of the other wonderful, fabulous Maker Moms that we've had here on the podcast. So go check that out, and until next week, I will see you later. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom Podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page, Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know.